0: Welcome back everyone to Neo Reality Collective I'm your host Eric Brown and we're back again after a brief hiatus Mostly from the episode number We're back, we're back to renumber We're back and it's episode 51 of Neo Reality Collective And the premiere of the new season So, yeah, let's get right into things New logo, new stuff and whatnot, hopefully Mostly the new logo. I'll try to get everything else down the road, but, uh, you know, we expand and grow as we continue onward. So, Cyberpunk 2077. So, they recently had launched the newest patch update 1.6 as part of their big fix-everything-we-broke. Well, now... They have been having the seize their highest numbers of players since the launch on Steam and has its highest count since January 2021. Yeah. The boost of popularity can be attributed to the highly critical reception of Cyberpunk Edgerunners by Studio Trigger and the accompanying 1.6 patch that includes the Edgerunner content. They've even been going ahead and even reaching a million, million players every single almost every day now, concurrently. So... It is kind of amazing how they've done this rebrand, but even though we have announced that, even though they have announced Phantom Liberty, the next D, the big DLC event for Cyberpunk it is currently the, the only DLC planned for Cyberpunk 2077, and the development on the PS4 and Xbox One versions have ended, which makes you think they should have just cancel the base versions they had planned and just keep it exclusive to the new console and PC. That That's honestly what someone, that's what some people actually believe, so take of that what you will. But I kind of understand the point considering uh, how that ended up t- destroying the game's reputation for a while. In fact, some say it made him never recover. Meanwhile, the Fantastic Four movie has found its writers along with its director. Jeff Kaplan, and no, not the o- Overwatch one, uh, and Ian Springer are reportedly to, to be the lead writers for Marvel's upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Reported by Deadline, the duo have been apparently been attached to the project for a while. Working with Kevin Feige to fit the film into the wider scope of the MCU, Kaplan and Springer are also working together on ro- writing Warner Bros. Disaster Wedding. Along with Wadden Division's Matt uh will direct Fantastic Four. After No Way Home, John Watts backed out of the project. According to the report, Sackman, Kaplan, and Springer are aligning their visions for the movie ahead of production, and which is poised to kick off the recently declared Phase 6 of the MCU when it launches on November 8th, 2024. Phase 6 will wrap up Avengers of the King Dynasty and Secret Wars, bringing the MCU's multiversal saga to a close. That's probably going to be a long while. <laughs> yeah. Now, we don't know much about the plot of the movie, but beyond the fact that Kevin Feige says it will not be an origin story, because we've had the origin story twice in the span of a century, so if anything, you could say three decades, along with those, with, with that uh, very fake to budgeted movie that they uh, screwed a bunch of people over in the, what, 90s? So... Yeah, the Fantastic Four will be established as being around, just probably for a little bit, because to do anything beyond that would be like, wait, then where were they during Civil War? I mean, like Granny Reed Richards probably would have done like, something stupid, but still, and all that, all that toxic stuff that happened on that front with <laughs> Reed Richards and Sue when they were having um, issues. Oh, by the way, uh, Tom Hardy decided to secretly enter and win a martial arts tournament in the 2022 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Open Championship, a competition held by Ultimate Martial Arts Championships at Oak Grove School in Milton Keynes. I'm pretty sure I butchered that completely. Everyone recognized him, but he was very humble and was happy to take time out for people to take photographs with him, said a spokesperson. It was a real pleasure to have him compete at our event. Hardy was brought out at the event wearing a blue jean blue, as he won all his matches and took the tournament by storm also winning the event. His certificate was awarded to Edward Hardy his real name. <laughs> uh, he apparently has done this before as well. In the, uh, <laughs> oh man, I imagine um you go ahead, you're going to compete in this tournament and then Tom freaking Hardy shows up and it's like, oh my god it's Tom freaking Hardy plus he had the element of surprise so he probably want, would win that and he's also very ripped so uh, good luck with that, especially since you're battling Bane and Venom at the same time ah, simple times So EA, you know, the evil conglomerate that will destroy all life as we know it in the gaming industry, well, at least they hope so, at least. Andrew Wilson, a.k.a. the droid that Jim- James Stephanie Sterling likes to talk about, uh, thinks that Call of Duty potentially becoming a Microsoft be- exclusive franchise could benefit Battlefield. Oh no, I'm so shocked why EA would think that quote, I don't think we delivered in the last two iterations of that the way we should have. On Battlefield. No. Good. Could, could what? You think Battlefield 2042 wasn't the masterpiece you kept saying it was going to be and using rigged builds? I don't know what to believe in anymore. I don't believe in anything anymore. Uh, then that you're making that you've hired EA Motive, the people who are making the Dead Space remake to make Iron Man. By the way, they're making Iron Man. Dun dun dun. So. <sighs> <sighs> so yeah, yeah. EA Motive is developing a Iron Man video game. The Montreal-based EA Studio revealed that is collaborating with Marvel Games on an all-new single-player action-adventure Iron Man game. The project is still said to be in early development. So, here's what I'm just going to say. And please do not stop me at the... And do not end the podcast before I finish this, but... Although everyone hates this specific EA game from Bioware... A lot of people I did hear in reviews did praise the flying mechanics of the suits that made them feel like they were actually Iron Man. So maybe they should hire some of the developers who worked on Anthem to come in and do the flight stuff. They could probably do well with it. Come on, let's just take the, the positives out of Anthem and put it into something that could hopefully be better. So, yeah. The last time there was the last time we saw a uh, Iron Man game was back in 2008, which wasn't really good. It was a movie tie-in game, so um, take it that what you will. And well, uh, that that history there that's a really complicated one. So yeah, that happened. Meanwhile. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands has done well enough to become a new franchise for Gearbox reportedly. Appo- so, Gearbox Software has called the Borderlands spinoff a major victory after a soft launch. CEO Randy Pitchford saying that Gearbox now sees this as a new franchise with future experiences already under development. Take it that what you will, considering who Randy Pitchford is. Wonderland shattered all of our targeted expectations, both critically and commercially, during the Embracer Group's annual general meeting, and I'm thrilled to report that in addition to great financial rewards from this victory that we will be coming in our way in the coming quarters, we have established a firm beachhead, and we clearly have a new franchise on our hands so yeah tiny tina's borderland was released back in march of this year adapting the style rpg style action of borderlands to dlc tiny tina's assault on dragon keep and turning it into your standalone game and yeah i got a lot of praise i never played the Borderlands games save for tales of the board tales from the borderlands With, I just recently finished replaying. One day I'll probably bring that, I'll probably go post it on Omni Gaming. Right now I'm just storing a whole bunch of content on an external storage device.
1: Oh man.
0: Oh yeah. All these games, so much time, so little. I'm sad now. Meanwhile, as Microsoft's CEO remains confident in Activision Blizzard's merger that w- that it will be approved, saying, let us have competition. Uh, so the CEO said that if this is about competition, let us have competition. Of course, any acquisition of this size will go through scrutiny, but we feel very, very confident it will come out. Okay, so Sony and other, and other publishers have been making a fuss about this, leading to a number of drama-related stuff. Mostly, I don't know why, because the guy who runs Activision Blizzard is currently tanking as much as he can before he gets out and packs his parachute. His golden parachute, to be precise. And, Yeah. <sighs> And Xbox Field, Spencer has already confirmed that he'd like to keep Call of Duty a multi-platform franchise for at least for the time being, but add its tiles to Xbox Game Pass in order to make it accessible to different ways to customers. Despite when the concern sur- when the concerns surrounding the anti-competitors of the merger could be for like franchises like Call of Duty. But yeah. Jim Ryan, lambasted Xbox's offer of extending Call of Duty's availability on PlayStation for only three additional years after existing contracts expire, calling it inadequate. Okay, um, Jim Ryan, how about you also deal with the actively setting your company on fire more and more and more with all your anti-consumer practices? No, you're not gonna address that? Like the uh, whole, uh, like the Firefly edition of Last of Us remake? Part one, re-remastered. Now we're we're not gonna talk about that? Okay. And we had, we had a uh, massive event occur this week. A massive unprecedented link hit one of the most anticipated games of the decade. IGN's words. Over 90 video files related to the developing Grand Theft Auto 6 began appearing on forums, giving the world first extremely unintended look at the, uh, look at the next AAA game. So, yeah, I only saw a couple of things. There are 90, the leaks began saying here are 90 footage clips from GTA 6, and the takedowns began, and Rockstar officially confirmed the hack, and then the police got involved, and now they're investigating the alleged Rockstar Hacker, and there was even an arrest going on for a 17-year-old British person. So... Yeah, and... Yeah, here's the thing. It, it, it got really out of hand, because when I saw the clips, I was like, okay, th- okay, this is just, like, at best, a very, very pre-alpha build. It's, Understandably, not the finished product, because that would be insane. And, yeah, that that would be insane if you actually thought this was a finished product. Because, why would you think a pre-alpha build of the game looks- would be fit- would be, like, near perfection? Because the internet went into a massive storm over this, saying it's not looking good, it looks bad, and it's like, Oh my god, we're really doing this. Did no one uh, understand the definition of a pre-alpha build? They even said this was a 2021... It was reported that this was said to be a 2021 build of the game that was not even completed yet. And there's still, like, what, maybe half a decade before it ever comes out? Before we get an actual full-fledged completed build of the game, or at least a sizable, workable one? No, we're, we're not gonna... Yeah... And heck, even from the fact that it's a very early, very early in development thing, um, there it actually does kind of look, look good for a pre-pre-pre alpha build. But yeah, like these are very early looks of the game, and yet people are making it like this should have been perfect from the start. No, that's not how that works. Like, I don't make games. I, I don't. But, like, I do know that it sh- it wouldn't sh- it be an instant masterpiece already, right from the get go. Like, really? But, yeah. Uh, we'll have to see what happens next. All I know is, is that someone got arrested for this. Uh, the UK police arrested a 17 year old reportedly linked to the Rockstar security breach in the report, uh, the City of London police said today on September 23rd that the arrest took place on Thursday evening and the suspect remains in custody. And it is related, and possibly an Uber security breach. Okay. Earlier this week, Transport Tech giant said it was in contact with the FBI and U.S. Department of Justice regarding the culprit of the recent security breach, which is potentially the same hacker behind the Rockstar GTA 6 release. Uh, yeah, so, if the 17-year-old is the one that did it, yeah they're they're probably screwed so good luck with that but we'll be back after these messages after this ad break and it feels good to be back hosting this show and I'm looking forward to telling you more about the news because there's there's a few more things we gotta go over and by god it's gonna be insane peace out We're back. Let's finish this all off. So, Squid Game. Remember Squid Game? That made people question everything and the 1%ers suck. Well, uh, the Squid Game director might ask Leonardo DiCaprio to join the cast for a future season beyond Season 2. According to Variety, he recently attended a press conference in Seoul where he was asked about the possibility of a Hollywood actor being involved in the second season. In response, he confirmed that's not part of his plans for the next round of games, but he's open to the idea of expanding the cast to include such a star in the future if times and chances allow. There will be no known Hollywood actors in Season 2, he said, though he acknowledged that there might be an opportunity to in the future. That's not the, in the plan if the stage continues maybe in Season 3, but for Season 2, it is still set in Korea. Leonardo DiCaprio did say he's a big fan, so maybe if the times the chances allow, we can ask him to join the games. And somehow he will still be denied the Oscar. He was so wishfully winning he finally got, but still. Granted, I know he finally got an Oscar, but we'll probably make jokes about that. He shared more about his production plans, plans and release schedule for the second season, confirming the cast will start rolling in 2023, ready for a few for new episodes to drop in 2024, and which is expected to have an improved budget over the last season. Uh, yeah, they compete in various games with deadly high stakes, mostly if you fail, you die. So, um... Yeah, and he even reached a mind-boggling 214 million subscribers worldwide after becoming one of the highest-roasting show breakout streaming hits and one of the best considered the best TV show of 2021, confirming that Squid Game would be returning, though he noted the Season 2 might not be strictly about the contestants as he would like to further explore the role of the Korean police in the series. So, and he's also... And alongside that, he's working on a satirical comedy about the creation of season 2 and the series' unexpected popularity. He's also talking about a potential first season and to further expand the universe he has created. Developing, He's also developing a controversial film called Killing Old People Club, which is adapted by an, an, an Italian essayist. I can't pronounce his name, but it was a novel called... Kill it. I don't know what the novel is, but uh, it's, pro- it's called co- it's a controversial film, as he says he believes, called "Killing Old People Club." Um, okay, that's a thing. Meanwhile, Vince Gilligan's Gilligan's, uh, new paranormal drama will star Better Call Saul star premiere on Apple TV. Following the success of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, Apple TV has now the rights of creator Vince Gilligan's next TV series, giving it two seasons straight to series order. What's more, he's all they've casted Saul, Rhea Seahorn, to lead his next show. As reported, the next show will be blending grounded in genre drama that was previously described as something closer to the Twilight Zone than the Southwest crime dramas. Seahorn, who played attorney Kim Wexler in Better Call Saul, has been the cast to lead the, as the lead of the Untitled series. Gilligan will also serve as showrunner and executive producer. His follow-up to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul was highly anticipated according to Deadline, with eight to nine networks lining up to hear the pitch. The series is set to have a high budget and have a significant genre element, so Gilligan did not share the specifics about the project. He did reveal, however, that Seahorn will play a traditional hero after 15 years. I figured it was time to break from the writing anti heroes and who's more heroic than the brilliant Reese Seahorn. It's long past time she had her own show, and I feel lucky to get to work with her on it. So, she's also earned an Emmy nomination at the top, where we eventually gets taken out than Jimmy McGill, Saul Goodman's Tangled lives, and we have an alteration. So, drama, 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 drama. Get ready, everyone. This is gonna be epic. I actually like Breaking Bad. I haven't watched Better Call Saul, so I'm pretty sure I'll be canceled for that. Meanwhile, the producers of James Bond want the new 007 on board for at least a decade. Producers Barbara Broccoli... Right, I hope I pronounced that wrong. And Michael G. Wilson explained what kind of commitment they want from the next James Bond, saying, "...we're not casting someone for one film, we're casting someone hopefully for a decade at least. It's a big decision to make, and we're nowhere near making that decision." So yeah, new 007 James Bond has not been sh- chosen yet, and saying when we get to that part like we are now, we have to think about the trajectory of the Bond films and storylines where we want to take them. So that's really the main focus at the, be- at the beginning. Once we have a sense of where we want to go, we'll start thinking about casting. After ever since uh, Daniel Craig stepped down as 007 following No Time to Die, fans have been b- busy speculating from ha- Tom Hardy, Idris Elba, and even Tom Hiddleston including uh, Andrew Garfield, uh, not Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, saying um, any actor, and they explain why taking on the role is a huge decision. Any actor that would be thinking about this got to think about how it would change their life. Daniel Sterling was reluctant when we first approached it, and as I say about him, his life changed, but he did not change. He's always been the same amazingly wonderful human being at the beginning as he is now. So he spent the next 16 years as the infamous British secret agent ever since 2006's Casino Royale. You become an ambassador for the cinema, and people recognize you as being associated with the character. It's got a lot of different elements to it, but the time commitment is certainly a long-term commitment. And not everybody's willing to do that. Multiple pictures over many years. Daniel's done 16 years time. We will always sit down with our writers and we start thinking about how what is What is the world afraid of? We start by thinking about who's the Bond villain. We try to focus on that as the sort of the Uber story. And then we want to also look at Bond's emotional life and what we'll be facing personally and that he hasn't had to deal with before. So he has big two issues in the film. One is geopolitical one and the other is a personal one. And (laughs) Yeah. I get it. I really do. I get the perspective. And John Williams even says he would love to score a Bond movie, which would be kind of freaking awesome. In fact, I actually thought he did that already, because since James Bond is so iconic with people, you would think, oh, it's like a rite of passage for composers. Guess he hasn't. That's a thing you have to learn. Meanwhile, on the comic side of the industry of pop culture, Harley Quinn is going to get a new creative team aimed 2023 and you get a food truck pop-up at New York's Comic-Con 2022. Since this year is the 30th anniversary of Harley Quinn's debut in the Batman Animated Series. In fact, we're still in the month. <laughs> and there's even going to be a... And the new writers are going to be... <clears throat> gonna Be writer Tina Howard and Sweeney Boo as the artist that will take on the clown princess of prime. Well, she's not really the cr- crown pl- clown princess of prime since she's trying to you know become more of a hero based character, but you know she still has that past to test her, and that's her biggest struggle as a character, which is the most conflict that in her relationship with Ivy. So, think of that what you will. Oh, by the way, uh, Spider Man's universe films, Craven uh, the Hunter and Madame, Madame Webb, yeah, they've been delayed. Uh, yeah. Craven the Hunter will now arrive at Cinemas and IMAX theaters on October 6, 2023, and Madame Webb, which was scheduled for October 6th slot after a previous delay, will now be released in 2024 on February 16th. Another untitled film from Sony's Marvel Universe has been shifted from July 12, 2024, to ju- from June 7th. And the new Karate Kid has been confirmed for June 7th instead, and while I didn't offer any specifics as to what the film would be and who's making it, it did say it's the return of the old, original Karate Kid franchise. have new dates, including a true haunting film from Screen Gems, which will be, which will be released on January 2023, January 6th. And missing the next film in the Searching franchise, which arrives on February 24, 2023. So, alongside the Marvel films, the Sony also shifted 65 from Columbia Pictures from April 20, 2023 to March 10, 2023, and Garfield from May 24 to February 16, 2024. Why is everything shifting? <laughs> Why? Why is everything shifting, damn it? I don't know why and yeah remember how in recent years Disney especially have been making more uses of AI voices instead of actual people and Kathleen Kennedy had to shoot her mouth off by uh stating that the thing that they learned from the solo Star Wars story was not to recast the original characters, which was the stupidest lesson you learned, in my opinion. So, yeah. Well, because of the growing concern of AI generation technology and machine learning as replacing actual human beings with emotions, um hellblade developer ninja theory confirmed they had to confirm they won't use ai technology to replace the voice actors in its video games for context a recent report drove a new ai technology from Ultra ai a company that's working to give the game developers to create compelling professional voice performances without the need to cast human actors apparently this new tech allows devs to simply submit a recording of what they said along with the proper inflection and the technology produces performance for in-game use Ninja Theory was listed in the report as one of the developers that's utilizing the technology, which caused me to worry about that authentic human performances wouldn't be present in the studio's games, like the upcoming Srenuous Saga Hellblade 2. However, the developer confirmed uh, that that's not the case, say "Explaining how it's actually using AI technology. For clarity, we use this AI tech tech for placeholder content only to help us understand things like timing and placement in early phases of development. We then collaborate with the real actors and performers that are at the heart of the beginning of the stories, are, are are bringing our stories alive. So, yeah, I could at least get. I could get the part where they use the like. This is the thing." When, since AI simulation stuff has been a very talk, talk talk topic, I get the concern and I also see some possibilities, but here's the thing, I, this is what I think of it. Instead of using it to synthesize and replace, they should use it to use as rough concepts. And then when they go for the more official final version of it, then you can use the human living element instead of Machine learning. Whereas on uh, Mandalorian showrunners for the uh, series, they chose to synthesize Luke Skywalker's voice using old clips of Mark Hamill instead of casting another actor who can voice the character fine. Oh, God damn it. So, yeah, the industry, so all people in multiple industries are concerned. Meanwhile, Steam plans to revamp the stats into charts with better overview of most popular games. Yeah. With an overhaul on Steam stats, Valve is giving a process called Steam Charts, but pricing Steam stats, unlike the old version, it will still show off the most popular games of the platform, but unlike stats, Charts has the tool to drill down into what's making the popularity happen. For context, the old stats page mostly focused on top games by player count from a moment-to-moment basis with Valve regularly providing separate best lists by genre and other factors. Charts put all this in one spot. The main page shows the top-selling games on Steam right now, as well as the most played moment-to-moment by player count. There's also lists of overall all the best-selling games right now and weekly top sales by revenue, with an indication of changes to the chart from week to week, as well as how many weeks a game's been out, how much it costs, and whether or not it's on sale. Overall, the mo- monthly top release hearts are still ordered randomly and make it harder to pinpoint the best selling games month to month. So it's helpful for people who make and publish games to see what they're doing, what's doing well or what isn't, maybe allowing them to fun games and hours that might not have been previously planned to be back to back. It can help people who make content to see what people are playing on the catch to to cool, surprising games that may not be getting attention they deserve on websites like IGN, and probably James Stephanie Sterling if they're interested. With their Jim Pression series. Meanwhile, a new Cloverfield movie is in development, from Paramount. From the director of Wounds, the ritual writer Joe Barton will also pen the script. Wounds director I can't pronounce his name, but J.J. James will produce the film for Bad Robot alongside Hannah Whatever, John John Conan, and and Matt Reeves, Drew Golan are on board as as executive producers with Brian Burke. So, yeah. Then we got Ten Cloverfield Lane, and then we got uh, Cloverfield Paradox and we also got that other movie that was could that was said to be that if they wanted to and if they could uh how do i say this it was established there was a nazi vampire movie i think I could be wrong, but they said that it was already going to be part of the Cloverfield series anthology movies, and but they didn't go with it, so they said, oh, we have a retcon we can easily do to put it back in there if we ever think about doing it one day, but yeah. So yeah, whether or not the new Cloverfield movie can reach the heady heights of the franchise's earlier solvents remain to be seen, however it's thought that the new film will actually be a direct sequel to the 2008 Cloverfield, just without the found footage stuff. Whereas the Cloverfield Paradox was met with far less enthusiasm about solving energy crisis and a whole bunch of trying to connect everything together into one universe. So yeah. And last but not least... Ubisoft, Toronto, the Ubisoft developers. So remember Splinter Cell, the game people have been wanting to see again after all these years? Well, last December it was confirmed they're working on a remake of Splinter Cell. And then... And they were announcing that it was said that the game was going to be developed, rebuilt with the Snowdrop engine, which also powers the Division, and is being used to build Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora and Ubisoft's upcoming Star Wars game to deliver new generation visuals and gameplay in the dynamic lighting and shadows the series is known for. Focusing on Black House agent named Sam Fisher of the U.N. United States National Security Agency secret arm Third echelon, and, and his undercutter work helped him maintain world order as cyber terrorism and international tensions threatened to explode into a new world war. And I'm sure that is not at all making us panic these days, right? Well, <laughs> be, um, they then came out and says, that the Splinter Cell Remake will update the game story for a modern audience. <sighs> what does that mean? No, legitimately, what, what the does that mean? I don't know what that means, dude. Like, what do they mean by, we're going to remake the classic for a modern audience perspective? What, what, what exactly is the modern... I thought it was pretty modern. In fact, you could still say it is more modern than ever since, well, the world is currently feet and all that. But... Yeah, what, what, what's the problem here? What, what, what What's the modern context you're trying to say you're going to give this series? What is the context here? Please tell me. Oh god, am I gonna have to do the clip? Okay, fine, I'll do the clip. Okay, right before we get back from this, I'll do the clip.
1: Anakin, remaking for a modern audience could mean anything. From my point of view, that means it'll be woke. Well then you are lost! I will never get tired of that.
0: So, yeah. Modern remake, what does that even mean? <laughs> Just tell me, God damn it! Why are you using the vague descriptors? So yeah, we'll have to see. I'm like, if I actually cared about Ubisoft these days, because Ubisoft is kind of horrible to its employees. And James Jeffrey Sterling will always talk about that. Oh boy. So yeah. Oh God, the industry's so messed up, isn't it? But yeah. We're we're back. The reality collective is back and we're bigger than ever. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all again next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good day. And I'll see you all again next time. Peace and take care. Stay tuned for those last ad break and outro. And I'll see you all again next time. Take care of all of you and enjoy pop culture.